Praise the Lord. Everybody doing good tonight? Everybody having a good week? God is good, isn't he? All the time. Amen. Amen. How many of you uh how many of you know that that when you when you signed up to serve God that uh you know Pastor Marcus was talking about, we seek his kingdom, he takes care of ours, right? Uh Haggai talks all about um, taking care of God's house and him taking care of us. Amen. God's a faithful God, isn't he? But how many of you know when you when you gave your life to the Lord um, that uh, all your uh, all your troubles went away? <laughs> There was no more battles to fight. It was like getting discharged from the army. You were just, everything was free, right? No? No. How many of you know when you got saved that for, uh, a lot of times we say the battle just starts, but the reality is, is there's always been a battle for your soul. Amen? There's always been a battle for between uh, the Lord and between the evil one. He's been trying to pull you, and God's been trying to call you. Amen? So when we get saved and we come to the Lord, there's, there's a warfare that takes place. And we know the Bible talks about um, that we don't, we don't war against uh, flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. Against, how many of you know there's, it talks about casting down imaginations? Um, that when we go through life, that the enemy, he wants to fight us a lot. But how many of you know we also have some inner battles too? I believe our, our biggest battles are within us. Because we're being changed from the inside out. Uh, when we come to the Lord, our, our thoughts need, the Bible talks about renewing our mind. That, that takes a process, doesn't it? When you guys got saved, did it just, everything changed like, boom, overnight? Am I the only one? No. <laughs> things didn't change overnight, did they? Now, my, I don't know about you, but some things did change overnight. But some things didn't. And that, that's that renewing of working on our minds. And a lot of us had belief systems we had to get rid of and, and exchange it for God's belief systems. Amen? We had to get rid of... Um, the way we, uh, our character flaws, the way we acted towards people. Um, we had to get rid of the way we, we think, the way we talk. And how many of you know we're still, I don't know about you, but I'm still in that process. So we're still in that, there's always, we, you know, revelation is progressive. So we're constantly growing, we're constantly gleaning what God has for us, and we're adding to, amen? And we know that we have, uh, that we have a battle. You know, we, we constantly, every day, we have choices. There's, there's like trails. I, you know, I had somebody tell me when I first got saved, it's like, there's a bunch of trails when you get up. There's uh, paths. And you have to get up and make the right. How many of you know there's a power of choice? And we have to make the right choice, and that being God's choice, to go down the right path that day. You can go to work, and everybody else can be going down this path of gossip, backbiting, whatever they're doing. And you can make the choice of getting over there, or you can go down this path, right? So there's always an inner battle of what's going on. We also battle our flesh, don't we? Yeah. Especially at dinner time. We, 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 we have battles that we constantly uh, uh, face in our lives. And, but, but here's the cool thing about it, is that God didn't leave us without the uh, resources to win the battle. Here's the funny thing is, you know I'm saying battles, because the war's already been won. See, it's kind of unique in the Christian world. You know, when we go and fight wars, we have battles to win wars, right? But as a Christian in God's kingdom, the war's already been won, but we have some battles to maintain what's been won. Amen. So Christ, He won all this for us. He won a whole. We can we can be whole. We can be forgiven. We can be healed. We can be uh, we can have sufficiency, prosper in our lives. We can have we can have strength in our lives. All these things He purchased for us. But what we have to do is maintain it, and that's where the battle comes in. 
Have you ever been weary in the battle? Have you ever got tired? Have you ever uh, emotionally, and you know, that's another battle, emotions. We can get, how many of you know there's a lot of people that have damaged emotions that need to get healed? Um, you know, you know it's, it's interesting because we walk by faith, but a lot of people base their relationship by how they feel. And we find that that's not the case. It's not how we feel. It's how we believe. It's how we walk with Christ. Amen. So, so God has not left us without resources that we can fight that battle. And uh, I, I served in the Army. I was in the Army about seven and a half years. And there was uh, times where we trained every day, every day. How many of you, you know, I remember when we went to, to the uh, first Gulf War over Desert Storm. We got over there. You would think we went over there. We fought a battle and came home. We went over there and we trained. We constantly were getting ready. We even been out in the desert. We built big old berms and went out and you know practiced uh, shooting our weapons to get ready. We kept them going. You know what made us more? Um, what made our army more superior and still today makes it more superior than other armies is because we exercise our vehicles. We exercise our equipment. A lot of them don't have the resources to do that. So their vehicles set, and when war comes, they crank it up and they start to go out there, and this tire might go flat, or that track might break, or this might break. But we've already broke all our stuff and put it back together. You follow what I'm saying? So we know what works, and we know what doesn't. I remember when we went into Iraq, they said, um, you know, the intelligent people never get it right, intelligence people. They never get it right. They tell you this is going to be there, and you get there, and it's not there. But I remember them saying, you know, the area we were going, they said, you know, it's... Uh, the way it was is the tanks went in, and then we went behind them. And what we did was we took over their uh, supply system. So when we got there, we would go in and we'd clear bunkers. We'd set up POW camps, bury bodies, do all these different things. But when we got in there, they said there's going to be some, there's some tanks in there. There's some heavy equipment in there, and that's the only thing we're worried about. So we're thinking, oh, that's not good. But when we got there, we found out, that, oh, and, and their little disclaimer was, but it hasn't moved in a couple weeks. So when we got there, we found out why it hadn't moved in a couple weeks. It was a piece of junk. It was just sitting there. I got a picture of me standing in the middle of it. Follow what I'm saying? My point being is, is, is that when you go into a, a battle like that, you have to exercise your equipment. Amen. You have to, and that's the way it is as a Christian. We have to constantly exercise. We have to constantly uh, get into the Word of God. We have to constantly pray. We have to constantly do these things uh, so we can be equipped. So when battles arise, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a surprise. As a matter of fact, um, the battle is, it's more of a response on our part because we're already prepared for whatever's coming against us. But how many of you know that there's some weapons that, um, that God has given us that maybe we're not utilizing the way we should? Are you with me? I'm going to talk about a weapon tonight that uh, you and I, if we can employ it in our lives, I believe that we can walk in victory every day. How many of you like, how many of you like to win? I don't know about you, but I like to win. I, I don't like to lose in life. I don't like to, uh, I don't like to, now, now I've had my share of failures of, of uh, serving God and missing the mark. Anybody ever done that? No, nobody rose their hand. Um, <laughs> but the point being is, is we have times where we, we don't hit the mark, but we have a lot of times where we do hit the mark. Amen. And I believe that the weapon I want to talk about tonight, that if we can learn to use it in our lives on a daily basis, and I'm going to show you in the Word of God in a minute. That if we can learn to utilize it, if we can, and what it is, is what it's going to take for us to utilize it, what it's going to take for us to um, empower it in our lives is to use it on a daily basis. You see, it's, it's, like, it's kind of like a muscle. If you, if you don't use it, it's going to shrink up. If, you know, I, I, uh, a couple years ago I had surgery, and 
So how many of you know that any excuse to get out of the gym will use? <laughs> so, so the extent of my working out after that was physical therapy. And when physical therapy was over, it was like back to work, and it's like uh, we had a membership, but we didn't go to that membership. You follow what I'm saying? So, so, so your body starts, you know, uh, I was telling Pastor Marcus, you know, you, you got these little aches and pains, and those are excuses for not going. And then when you get there, all of a sudden you find out that the workout was what you needed to get rid of that ache and pain. You follow what I'm saying? So it's, it's actually working that muscle. And if we don't um, work them, then they begin to shrink up. And that's the way it is in our, in, our, in our warfare. If we don't use our gifts, if we don't use our callings, if we don't use our, our tools that God has given us, things begin to shrink up. Now, they don't go away, but they're still there. But, but it, takes, it takes a little more work to get them worked up. You follow what I'm saying? Um, so uh, if you have your Bibles, um, use my specs tonight, turn to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalms quite a bit tonight. And you can turn to the uh, 18th chapter of Psalms. You see, God has, he's given us tools that we can, we can win this battle. We can win every battle that comes against us. And you've got you to gotta get that, a mindset of that. You got to change your thinking because here's what happens is is that as a Christian when we come up against opposition and we don't win that battle and we give in to temptation and we give in to defeat then the next time the enemy comes around it's easier for us to give in to it again because we're like oh well you know and 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 you know we we've, we've been told enough that yeah I got to okay I got to go around the mountain again it's going to come up again and it'll come up again some battles you got to win more than once you follow what I'm saying uh, Notice I said win more than once, fight more than once, because losing should not be in our vocabulary. Now, now understand what I'm saying. If you have the mindset, well, I'm going to lose some, I'm going to win some, then you are going to lose some and win some. But if you have a mentality that I'm going to win, you know, uh, Pastor Marcus alludes a lot to his son playing football. It's the same with sports. If you go out there with mentality that you're going to win every time and you go out there, that, that drives you a little bit more. Hey, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to, I, I can do this. And if you get up every day and you begin to say, hey, I can do all things through Christ. All things means all, right? That means I can do this. So you make a little bit of progress. You might get beat up a little bit. But then you, you regroup. Okay, man, I, you know, I failed right here in this part. So I need to go work on that. I need to fortify that area. And then he comes back in that area and you're ready. How many, how many of you ever watched boxing? Anybody familiar with Mike Tyson? Anybody familiar with Evander Holyfield? Okay, Evander Holyfield, let me tell you a little quick history right here, real quick. We'll get into the scripture in just a sec. Evander Holyfield, okay, Mike Tyson goes to prison. He comes out of prison. He wins the championship. If, if, uh, Evander's already had the title, but he's lost the title while he's in prison, or right around the time he gets out. He gets out. Evander's kind of on the downslide. He fights a fight. Well, first he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, oh, you have a hole in your heart. Now, if you've seen Evander Holyfield, he's a pretty good in shape guy. So you have a hole in your heart, and he, he takes a fight against a guy named Bobby Chez, who's not a real heavyweight. He's a lighter guy. He's a, he's a light heavyweight. And he has a real hard time beating this little smaller guy. But he beats him. He wins. Well, Mike Tyson watches that fight, and he says, I can beat Evander Holyfield. I can take that guy. The Evander Holyfield that fought Bobby Chez, I can beat him. So he signs up on the line. All right, we're going to fight for the title. Well, when they get ready for fight day, a different Holyfield shows up. Because in the meantime, Evander Holyfield had rededicated his life to Jesus Christ. He'd went to a Benny Hinn meeting. And that hole in his heart, oh, the doctor said, we misdiagnosed you. It's not there. 
I say anymore because God healed him. So when they get in the ring, Mike Tyson gets a whooping for a couple rounds, and, and the whole round, every round, and Evander Holyfield walks out with a belt. Because see, and that's the way the enemy is with us, is a lot of times he comes at us and we're damaged and we're bruised and we're beat up, and he sees us fight our last battle, and he bases his strategy on the last time we fought, but if we'll get to Jesus, get healed, we go back into the battle, we can whoop him every time. Amen? You see, he bases it on our last. But if we can get to Jesus, we might get bruised in that battle, but when we can get to Jesus, we get cleaned up, healed, and healthy and whole. The next time he comes back, he ain't going to whoop us. Amen? That's the way the battle is. I love that story. Psalms 18 and 3 says this. Somewhere in my Bible. 18 and 3, it says, I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. He says, I will call upon the Lord. And, and, and think of it. He says, here he goes on, who is worthy to be praised. You see, I don't know if you get this right here, but he says, I'll call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Praise is our hidden weapon tonight. Yeah. Hear what I'm going to say. If you can praise God, I'm going to show you in the Scriptures, if you can get praise on your lips on a daily basis, it'll get in your heart, it'll get in your mind, it'll get in your spirit, and it'll become a natural thing in your life that anytime you have opposition and you call on the Lord, guess what? Your enemies can get whooped every time. Because I'm going to show you in Scripture that when you call upon the Lord, when you praise the Lord, He shows up in your situation. A lot of people are running around saying, I feel dry, I feel weary, I feel, I feel uh, like I'm in a desert. Guess what? You don't have to be in a desert because if you call on the Lord, the Lord shows up every time. Amen? God is good, isn't He? Let me read my, let me read my note here real quick. It says, it says this. It says, basically, it says, the most basic reason for our praise to God, He is worthy to be praised. Now, the Hebrew word means this, praise with a loud voice. The most primitive meaning means this, it's just to cause to shine. Somebody say to shine. It says, with our praise, we are throwing the spotlight on our God who is worthy and deserves to be praised and glorified. The more we put the spotlight on Him, the more He causes us to shine. Are you with me? It's modern. Now, think about this. Modern medicine, how many of you ever, um, I, I'm not going to ask this question if, if you've ever experienced this, but how many of you ever heard of depression? Okay, depression. People go through, we, we live in a world right now, I've seen more people deal with anxieties and depression than ever before. Okay, and, and, and if, if a person is depressed, the, and what they tend to do is they want to be a recluse. They want to get in a dark spot. They want to put all their blinds up, shut their door. They don't want no contact. They want to stay in the room. They want to get out of bed. They want to stay away from everything, right? But doctors say if you take them and you open the blinds and let the sun in, if you turn on the lights and you get some light around them, guess what? Depression begins to lift off of them. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. The devil wants to oppress and depress us. But if we can praise God and put the spotlight on him, he'll put the spotlight on you. And you don't have to live in that oppression. You don't have to live in that depression. You don't have to deal with that anymore. Are you with me? You see, if we can put the spotlight on him, he always brings it back to us. Amen. Because God is an awesome God. Amen. Turn your Bibles to uh, the 22nd Psalm, which is just a couple pages over. Praise is our, is, we're talking about warfare. 
Praise is our, our hidden tool. I, I, I'm serious. If we can so get a hold of praise and worship, if we can so get a hold, I'm not talking about just in a church service. I'm talking about when you get up on Monday, when you get up tomorrow, when, when things aren't looking good, when things are going good. Amen. You see, a lot of people can praise God when things are good, but when things aren't so good, we go, oh, man, oh, man, God's got to come through. He's got to come through. And then, oh, it just didn't work. It, it, and then all of a sudden, God comes through. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? But if we can begin to praise Him over here when things aren't looking good, it hasn't happened yet. Now we're believing in faith, that means it's going to happen. But we're we're praising Him, we're thanking Him, we're glorifying Him. God, I thank You, Lord. I I praise You, Lord. Lord, You're worthy of all the praise and glory. Lord, I'm going to praise You in spite of my boss. I'm going to praise You in spite of what's going on. I'm going to praise You in spite of what's happening. Guess what? He begins to come into your situation. Amen? And we can win the battle. We don't have to live in depression. We don't have to live in anxiety. We don't have to live in that stuff. Now I'm reading out New King James here, and I'll translate Old King James here because most people quote this scripture. 22 and verse 3 says this, But you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. Now King James, I believe, says that, that he... He uh, inhabits the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of His people, right? So let, let, me, let me read this to you. I, I like this right here. This, is, this will really help us. First of all, praise brings the presence of God. Now, here's the remedy for times when you feel alone, deserted, or depressed. Anybody felt alone? Anybody felt deserted, depressed? Praise, however, does this right here. Praise, however, simply is... is beginning to uh, a song or a testimony of God's goodness in your life. Okay, and the result is this, God enters. His presence will live, and and that means take up residence in our lives. The word inhabit in the Hebrew, I'm not going to tell you the Hebrew word because I don't know how to say it. It means this, to sit down, to remain, to settle, or marry. In other words, God does not merely visit us when we praise Him, but His presence abides with us, and we partner with Him in a growing relationship. In other words, when we begin to praise God, when we begin, it says inhabits, inhabit. We inhabit our house. That means we live there. Okay, they're inhabitants. We, we inhabit this place right now. That means we're here, we're residing, we're sitting. And I like what it says, he sits down. How many of you know the Bible says God's everywhere? He's all, he's all knowing, he's all seeing. But if he's everywhere and I begin to praise him, that's going to cause him to sit down right where I'm at. Are you with me? In other words, if we can say, I'm going to praise God in spite of, then God's going to sit down in my situation. He's going to be right in the middle of it. And you know what will run the enemy off more than anything? is God sitting in your situation. Right in the middle of that strife. Right in the middle of that, that, that bad report. God can sit right there. And in the process of Him sitting there, He can begin to change that report in your life. Because it's going to change your thinking. When you're thinking about God, you ain't thinking about what the doctor said. When you're thinking about God, you're not thinking about your checkbook. When you think about God, you're not thinking about what's going on with your kids. You're thinking about God. It goes back to the scripture Pastor Marcus read earlier. Seeking the kingdom of God. That's what praise is. I'm seeking God's kingdom. I'm praising Him. And if I praise Him, I'm bringing His kingdom into my situation. And if His kingdom comes into my situation, my situation can't stay the way it was. Amen? Hallelujah. God is so faithful. Now, now you, need to, you need to look at this verse 4. It says that uh, 
Our fathers trusted in you, capital Y, that means God. They trusted, and what, what happened? And you delivered them. In other words, by praising, they showed their trust in God. When we begin to praise uh, circumstances or things going on, then we're putting our affections on that thing. When God wants us to put his, our affections on Him. And we do that through praise. I'm talking about praise. I'm talking about opening our mouths. Are you with me? I'm talking about opening our mouths. When, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I walk around work. It, there's a, I have a boring job. Anybody ever had a boring job? Now, it's not so bad right now, but there's times where you just go through the day and I don't hardly talk to anybody because I'm doing something and they're doing something too. We interact just a little bit and we keep going, you know. So you have, have a lot of time to think. You have a lot of time just to kind of do your thing, you know. And for me, when I go through my day, and you know, I've, I've got up, I've already spent time with God before I get there. So when I go through my day, it's just under, sometimes just under my breath, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. I'm exercising my muscle. I'm exercising my praise. Lord, you're worthy. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I've been walking around the corner. You know, there's bins there. I walk around the corner. Praise God. And the guy goes, hey, I go, hey, what's going on? I keep walking, you know. Probably thinks I'm kind of weird, but that's okay. We just walk through. I remember when I got saved, um, the, the pastor that uh, I sat under when I first got saved prayed me through deliverance. How many of you know, if somebody can pray you through deliverance, then God's working, right? Yeah. And I remember that, I, oh man, we'd be, he was, he was uh, um, a little bit louder than I am. And he uh, had no shame or no fear about saying what was on his mind. I remember when I went in there, I was high as a kite, and he looked at me and said, son, anybody can get high, you just need to grow up and serve God. What? Anybody, it takes a real man to serve God. Anybody can do what you're doing. Okay. But he's the kind of guy, when we go out to dinner and pray, man, everybody in the place hears him pray. You follow what I'm saying? And he just walks through his day, just praise God. I mean, he's, he's still going. God's good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, a beat boy. Hallelujah. Ex-biker, you know. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I, I remember hearing that. Remember, you know, when you first get saved, you're like, oh, he's going to do it to me again, right? In front of everybody. But that's okay. Because you're learning. You're growing. Yeah. With me, I was growing. I was learning. And now I'm by myself. It's funny. I was going through today, and I'm walking. I'm just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise God. Every now and then a tongue comes out. Shout out. And just kind of go through your day. You're exercising. You're exercising. Because guess what? The next guy that comes to the counter, he might have an attitude. And rather than me react, I need to respond. Follow what I'm saying? The next guy that comes in, he might be, something might be going bad in his life. I need to, I need to respond. I need to be able to give him a good word. Amen? But if I'm not exercising, I'm not bringing God into my situation, how can I bring God into his situation? How can I bring God into his mess when, when, when I'm not doing it in my mess? You see what I'm saying? So we need to constantly begin to just exercise that praise. Praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Turn over in your uh, Bibles to uh, Matthew 21. I hope you're getting something out of this. 21.16. You know what? We're going we're gonna to read, uh, read that portion because we need to know what's going on to hear what he said. 21 verse 12 says this. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came. Now, isn't that pretty cool? First of all, he cleans the house out, get all that stuff out. 
And all of a sudden, the blind and the lame come to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests, the religious, and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to, to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? And he's, he's quoting Psalms 8-2 here. He says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. Now think about this. First of all, it comes in, he cleans it, he cleans it out. Get out, you know, get all this that mess out of the house of God. This is, he quotes, you know, this should be called a house of prayer. And then all these people come in. How many of you know when the lame get up and walk, somebody's going to praise God? When the, when, the, when the deaf begin to hear, when the blind begin to see, when you see somebody walk in and you know them, you know they're demon-possessed. You know them because they live in your neighborhood. And they come in there and they begin, Jesus says, come out, and that thing comes out, and that person's in their right mind. You know somebody's going to give Him praise. Amen? But, but the religious weren't able to do it because they were more stiff-necked. They were looking at, well, why are they doing that? They can't be doing that. It said they were indignant about it. And Jesus said, haven't you heard? How many of you know, it's cool that, one thing about Jesus, he quoted word, didn't he? Yeah. He quoted Psalms 8 too. You can write it down, look it up later. Yeah. But he says that it's perfected in the mouth of babes. Praise brings power in our lives. It was in the midst of them praising, it was in the midst of them praising Jesus that these lame people were walking. It was in the midst of them crying out, Hosanna to the highest, that the deaf were hearing, that the blind were seeing. Now, now I, I think that, that if we as a people can get in and our, our, our retrain our minds, retrain our spirits to where we begin to thank God in everything that ha- everything that's going on, all the good stuff that's going on, quit looking at the negative things, that we begin to see what you praise is what's going to happen over and over. Think about it. A gratitude. If you're grateful for that, you're going to see more of that. Amen? And, and that's an exercise. That's a muscle thing. That's a constantly. If you expect it, you'll see it. But see, here's the problem. We're in a culture where everybody wants to look at the negative in the world. Well, you know, the... I'm not going to go there. People look at the negative, don't they? They'll look at circumstances. They'll look at things going on. And, and, and what, what's happening is, is God wants us to focus on the positive. If you can focus on Him, He's the positive. Amen? If you need something to praise Him for, here's what you do. Get you a little book. You know, I got this little composition, you know, the little kids carry to school. All right. And, and if you take something, then it doesn't cost much. It don't cost a lot at the store. You get something like that. And every time God does something good for you, you write it down. And, 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 and if, you can, if you're starting now, go back, say, on so-and-so for me, January 1st, 1994, I, I got saved. I asked Jesus in my heart, I got delivered. Oh, and then I was looking for a job on, on uh, well, I went to court on January, and, and the judge gave me favor. I wrote that down. He sent me to a Christian program. And then below that I write, well, I came out of there in May, and I went looking for a job. It took me, I went one day, and I didn't see it. And I went the next day, and the same job was posted. I was there the day before, but God opened my eyes so I could see it. Oh, I got that job. Oh, and guess what? The lady that hired me went on stress leave and never came back. I got her job too. And hear what I'm saying. And you write those things down. And you write them down. Oh, and, and you know, I was, I was praying for this. And, how, and you write that down. And every time that depression or oppression or the enemy begins to beat you up, you go back and open your little book. And you look at it and you say, oh, he saved me back then. I remember when he set me free then. I remember when he, when he delivered me. I remember when he provided for me when I, there was no way. 
Amen? You'll begin to praise Him for that. Amen? Because if He did it back then, He can do it now. So you begin to look at that and say, oh, you know, that's what they did in the Bible. Here's what they did. The children of Israel, oh, we're going across the river. Uh, guess what? God, he opened it. They got to, let's build a rock right here. Let's put a pile of rocks right here. And every time they see that pile of rocks, it's a memorial. It's a, it's a testimony of what God did for them. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way our lives is. We need to, ha- it says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. We need to begin to testify of God's goodness. If you can't find anything to praise Him for, thank Him that He saved you. Yeah. He loved you when your mama didn't love you, your daddy didn't love you. They were done with you, but God didn't give up on you. Amen? That's the God we serve. You'll get a praise in you when you start doing that. I was thinking about that today. Oh, man, God did a lot for me back then. He's still doing stuff for me. I got married. No, Everybody said, you're too old to get married. Ain't never going to happen. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I got a little boy, too. I got another one on the way. Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's the God I serve. Amen. Turn back over to Isaiah 61 and 3. It's going to get better in a minute. <laughs> Isaiah 61 and 3. And we're going we're gonna... to... 61 and 3 says this. Let's, let's start with one. It says, this is, now Jesus quoted this in the book of Luke. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. How many of you ever needed some liberty? And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 2 says, it's to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Somebody mourning, he can comfort you. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning. In other words, he's going to take the mourning away. He's going to give you joy. He said, and here, here's, what, here's one of the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you know that, that, he, that there can be a, a heaviness is a spirit? The enemy could put oppression on you. He could put depression on you. You need, to, you need to, to, to guard what comes in your ears. You need to guard what you look at. You need to, now I'll tell you a quick story. Some people, I tell the story and they go, oh, wow, really? That happened? About five years ago, about six, seven years ago, I went to the doctor. They did some blood tests. They came back, and my, my blood's always been right. I never had high blood pressure. I never had cholesterol. I never had none of that. Come back, and they say, oh, your triglycerides went high. Your enzymes in your liver went way up here. They've never done that before. Oh, we're going to do some tests. All right, they do some tests. Come back, and they go, well, we're going to send you to a specialist. Uh, Fresno, send me to a specialist. I'm thinking, I, I feel good. I, I went just because the VA says I had to go every year and get blood. You know, to, to keep uh, the medical stuff going. So uh, they sent me to Fresno. I go to Fresno. I sit there in front of the specialist. Lady looks at me and she goes, I think you got hepatitis. I said, what? She goes, I think you got hepatitis. A heaviness. I walked out of there. I was like, I mean, it was like, I was, I didn't, I didn't feel good when I walked out. This time. I walked out and I was like, oh, that's not good. So then they go, we're going to do a biopsy. So they stick this big old needle on my ribs, and they take a part of my liver, and they test it. So they never call me and tell me any results. So I go back to my primary doctor, and I say, hey, Dr. Yon. He's a talkative little guy. But anyway, I go in there, and I say, hey, what happened with those results? He goes, what results? Oh, well, you know, they did a biopsy and said, hepatitis. Hepatitis? Ah, you ain't got hepatitis. See, I told you it's negative. You ain't got nothing. And right then, a heaviness lifted. You hear what I'm saying? you got to guard what reports you hear. Yeah. 
You got to guard what reports you here. Now, the right thing for me to do would have been to walk out there and say, oh, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm under the blood. Because, see, here's, what, here's my belief. I, I've been around guys that lived the same lifestyle I did before I got saved, that had done drugs, that had done alcohol, done all those things. And they walk around with this crutch saying, well, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. And I've always said, I ain't going to have that because I got new blood in my system. Amen? Because when I gave my life to Jesus, Jesus didn't go to the cross just for my salvation. He went for my healing. He went and... and when, it's, when I came to Jesus, it was a fresh start. Right. Amen? So I, I learned a lesson right there. Yeah. I was like, whoa, oh, yeah, that was a hard lesson because it took a couple months before they <laughs> gave me the results on that yeah. thing. Yeah. But my point being is we got to guard. When you, don't watch the news before you go to bed. <laughs> You'll be dreaming about all this garbage that's going on. Read the Word. Listen to some uh, music, Christian music. Do something that's going to that's gonna feed your spirit with something good so you can dream about good things. You can wake up refreshed. You can wake up with a, a I, I can praise God. Yeah. Amen? we got to watch what we feed on. <clears throat> he says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want, you, I want to read this right. Garment, it shows praise as more than a piece of clothing casually thrown over our shoulder. Have you ever took a jacket and you threw it over your shoulders like this? See, it's, it's, the garment of praise isn't like that. The garment of praise is like this. It wraps it all around you. There ain't nothing cold coming in. And that's our weapon. That's our defensive weapon when we're fighting the battle. Because, you see, not only do you have to have an offensive weapon, you have to have a defensive weapon. So pray, if you're putting on the garment of praise, that means that it's wrapped around you. That means when the enemy comes at you, he can't touch you. Yeah. Have you ever walked out, you know, I... I me and my, my buddy lived in Colorado. We went snow skiing, right? Hadn't done it in quite a while. And I had part of the gear, but I didn't have all the gear, okay? And we got up there, and I got, all, I got my jacket up, and I got all this, and I got down to the bottom, and my face was froze. And every facial hair on here, I could have just broke it off because it was snowing. And then I went in, and I bought me one of those hood things, you know, that goes around like this, and I put my goggles on, and I went down there, and the cold didn't get in. See, that's the way praise is. It just guards us from all that stuff coming in our lives. If we can begin to praise, then the enemy begins to, oh, I'm going to get you with oppression. I'm going to get you with depression. I'm going to get you with with guilt. I'm going to get you with thinking that you're less than. No, he can't get in there because God's in there. Amen? So when you can get that garment of praise on, you surround yourself with God. First of all, we just learned that He inhabits. That means He just comes up on us as we begin to praise and we begin to exalt Him. The enemy can't touch us if we learn how to use our weapons. Amen? See, He, he, he tries to come to us. He, he, uh, the enemy tries to come to us and He begins to... Uh, he wants to bring a heavy spirit upon us. He wants to bring a, uh, uh, the oppression, the depression. He wants to bring guilt. He wants to bring doubt upon our lives. He wants to bring fear upon our lives. How many of you know none of that's from God? Yeah. Fear is not from God. Yeah. Doubt's not from God. And, and here's, here's what I believe that the enemy has done is that he has tried to destroy people's identity more than anything. Because if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what you got. I heard a story the other day that uh, back in the, the slave times when they had uh, uh, slaves here in America, and they, they went to this one uh, uh, farm, and this guy, there, they saw all the, the, the slaves out there, but they saw one, and he, he, his, all the others were just beat down. They were just, oh, man, you know, I don't wear no fields. You know? And this guy, he held himself different. He stood different, and he, he walked different. And he, his head was up. The guy said, I want to buy that guy. I want to buy that slave to come work on my plantation. No, he's not for sale. 
And he said, well, he's different. Why is he different? <clears throat> he said, his dad's a king back in his country. And he knows it. And because he knows it, he walks different. And he acts different. Can I tell you something? And if you and I know, if we can realize that we're king's kids, <clears throat> if we can realize that, that he's done so much, I mean, if you can sit down and just picture what happened on the cross for you and I, I don't think we have a full picture of everything that happened. Because he, Jesus paid the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate price that you and I can have reconciliation with the Father. And, that we're, and it says in, in the Bible that we're a royal priesthood. That we're a peculiar people. That, well, that means we're different than the world. Amen? A royal priesthood. And, and, and if we can realize that we're children of God, it'll cause us to praise Him more than ever before. Because I don't know about you, when I came to God, I needed God to lift me out of some stuff. And if we can look and realize how He pulled us out of the world stuff and brought us into His stuff, we can picture that, hey, you know what? He's worth some praise. Amen? And every time we praise Him, He shows up in our situation. I don't know what you're facing, but I know this, that if you can praise Him, He can show up. Amen? We're going to look at one more passage. Psalms 118. Back over to the left. Psalms 118.24. There's a lot of scriptures you can teach on praise. See, I like this. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Think about that. If we can realize every day is the, the day the Lord has made. A lot of us get up with, oh man, I gotta go to work, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And the day's already whooped us because we're looking at all this stuff we gotta do. But if we can have a realize and we can rejoice, this is the day of the Lord. If you can walk through life with an expectancy, then you can expect to see God show up. <clears throat> and that's what expectancy will cause praise in our lives. I expect favor. I expect good to happen to me. I expect to get the good parking place. I expect to get the raise. I expect to get promoted. I expect those things in my life. And if I expect those things in my life and I thank God and I praise God for them, then they'll show up in my life. What you're thankful for is what's going to happen in your life. Amen? Psalms 34. Close right here. Psalms 34, one of my favorite, favorite passages of Scripture. Psalms 34 was written, uh, in my Bible it says it was written right after David. Anybody familiar with King David? How many of you know that King David had some problems before he got to the, to the throne? He had some problems after he got there too, but before he got there he had, he had some adversity. How would you like the guy, you know, the, the, the king to be, I mean, he's, he's shooting there, he's throwing javelins at you, spears and arrows at you, man, and, and you're over there singing a harp. What? You're trying to make the devil go away from that guy, and he wants to hurt you because he's jealous of you. He's jealous of your anointing. <clears throat> well, it says that when he was running from Saul and he actually left Israel, that Abimelech, that he was in his country, who was their enemy, and it says that David, he played crazy in order to dwell with him. The Bible says he slobbered. He, he went to him and he, he slobbered and he acted a little crazy. Now, Psalm 34 says this. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Right after he's got to act crazy. I don't know about you, but I, I was crazy, but I didn't act it. No, no, I, my point being is, is, is 
Here this guy has got to act. He's got the people that are supposed to be for him want to kill him. This is his enemy. And in order to dwell here, he's got to slobber and act a little stupid. And then he says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He goes on, he says, my soul will make us boast in the Lord. The humble we're going to hear, they're going to rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And then he goes on. Let me read it. I, I, used, to, I used to have this memorized. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Psalms 34. Let me, let me, let me read this. I, I, love, I love this passage. When I was in Bible college, and we get up and pray, man, I used to just read this over and over. I love it. He says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means your mouth's got to open. He says, my soul shall make, my, make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And then he goes on, he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This, the, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. First of all, he delivered him from his fears, saved him out of all of his troubles. And this was right after he acted crazy. And then it says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around them who fear him and delivers them. Huh? Not like his part. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come on. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but think about this. He's saying right here, he's saying, I, I like this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. My, my professor, I, I would do this uh, uh, illustration, but I might not be able to get through it. <clears throat> he brought an apple in. You know, and he was telling a story. He said there was a man that went to uh, Chicago University, and he got up. He's atheist. And he got up, and he gave this big, huge speech of why there was no God. And when he finished saying there was no God, he said, is there any question? And the, there was a, an African uh, man in the back, uh, um, a... Uh, a black man, he said, I, I, I got a question. He took out an apple and he took a bite. Yeah, I got a question. I never went to college. Shooting on his apple a little bit. He said, I never, uh, I never graduated. Yeah, I got a question. He said, what does this apple taste like? He said, how would I know what that apple tastes like? I've never tasted that particular apple. And he said, and you can't tell us there's no God because you've never tasted of our God. And hear what I'm going to say. God is so good to us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When we can get a praise in our mouth, when we can begin to, <clears throat> to enter our day, and we can fight our battles with knowing that God is for us. And if He's for us, who's going to be against us? If we can praise Him in the midst of our circumstances, He's going to show up every time. And when He shows up every time, He doesn't disappoint. They used to say, God don't just show up, He shows off. Amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I like it when God shows off in my life. Amen. Because when he shows off in my life, that means he gives me some good stuff. You follow what I'm saying? Because God's got good stuff for us. Amen. And if we can expect that, then we can receive that. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to pray and we're going to turn it back over to pastor. Hallelujah. I hope you got something out of it. We have we have power. We could go out in our world. Get up every morning and say that. Say, man, I, I got Jesus in me. I can go out. I, I believe that everybody in here has seeds of greatness in us. How many of you know the Holy Spirit lives in us? And if we can get it in our, in our, our thinking, in our vernacular, and we can get it in our spirit, then yeah. guess what? We can act like there's greatness in us. Right. And we can achieve greatness. Amen? Right. Hallelujah. Raise your hands with me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we love you tonight. Lord, we've talked about praise. Yeah. 
And Lord, we take a moment right here in time to give you a, uh, to put the spotlight on you, Lord. And Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for setting us free. We thank you for your word, for deliverance, for God, all you're doing. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, that empowers us, that leads us, that guides us, that directs us. I thank you, Lord, for provision. Lord, some in this house need God. And I know, Father, that you're working on their behalf, Lord, because there's praise on their lips, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for victory. I thank you, Lord, that when I step in the ring the next time, I'm healed, healthy, and whole, and I'm whooping that enemy. Amen. I thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in our lives, Jesus. And Lord, I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. Hallelujah.